What is up, spiritual hooligan? How does a quiet mind translate into tangible business results? My name is Matthew Ferry, and I'm bringing you your daily enlightenment. It's your moment to pause, to slow down and get connected to enlightened perspectives. I want to help you to quiet your mind and restore your peace. Now, if you've ever wondered about the impact of a quiet mind on your bottom line, then I have a lively conversation for you today. Erin Joy, she's a longtime student, great friend of mine, and a bona fide badass CEO and founder of a company called Black Dress Circle. And Erin interviewed me today uh, as a Facebook Live on her fan page. And she did that because she wants to share this message of a quiet mind with her community. So in a moment, we're going to cut away to that interview, and I want you to tune in to the energy and the inspiration of this conversation. My hope is that you will be inspired today to deepen and and fortify your journey to a quiet mind, epic life. Let's tune in now. A quiet mind is a high-performance mind. In fact, the true high-performance mind is free from distraction, stress, and concern. You know this state of mind. Sometimes it's called being in the flow. Other people call it the creative mind. This state of mind has been revered and celebrated by the greatest thinkers of our time, people whose intuitive leaps changed the course of history with their discoveries. But in a world of ever-increasing frenetic energy, information, stressors, and urgency, how do you get your mind to quiet down so that you can tap into that creative potential? That's the topic of our discussion today. I'm live with my longtime friend and mentor, Matthew Ferry, and we're going to discuss practical ways to leverage your mental capital to produce exponential results. If you don't know Matthew Ferry, he's an expert in getting your mind to go quiet so you can easily execute on your plan to create an epic life. For those of you who live in the St. Louis area, my company, Black Dress Circle, is bringing Matthew in to speak to us about how to quiet our minds so that we can create a high-performance mind. Matthew, Why is a quiet mind a high-performance mind? That's a really good question, Aaron. You know, when you have a quiet mind, you're in the present moment, and you're free from stress, worry, and concern. And that's important because according to the American Institute of Stress, 73% of Americans say that they're dealing with psychological stress on a regular basis. And that's bad news for our friends who are entrepreneurs, who are executives, they're in the startup world, they're trying to they're trying to create something because when you're stressed, you make bad decisions. You don't actually see things clearly. Your your vision gets narrowed. You're not easy to be around. Your creativity gets diminished and your energy gets zapped. And if you're going to achieve your goals and live an epic life, then you want the best version of you to influence every aspect of your life and your business. And here's the good news. When you learn to quiet your mind, all of those debilitating effects begin to disappear. And I think the even better news and the thing that you and I are are, uh, sort of well-equipped to promote together because we have both done this together, anybody can develop the skill of having a quiet mind. 
And, and I think I think we both agree it really is a key differentiator. It's a competitive advantage. It is, you know, kind of the secret sauce. So, you know, you and I have studied together for more than two decades, which is crazy to think. Yeah. And over that time, you've coached, I know, and I've seen it, thousands of people to quiet their minds so that they can execute on their inspirational plans. They want to create an epic life. And you you often say the mind is not your friend. So what do you mean by that? And how does that relate to creating a high performance mind? It's a great question. And uh, I think for so many of my Wall Street executives, for example, they, they come to me succeeding and achieving at very high levels, but they come to me still feeling like an imposter. They come to me wondering if anyone is going to figure out that they don't actually belong. That's how they feel. And what they're experiencing is this idea that your mind is not your friend. The unwanted chatter in your head is judging assessing, lamenting, it's forecasting negative futures, it's imagining things without your permission. And it has a whole series of self-criticisms. And all of that, that whole package, the whole motif of mental chatter that we have is actually a survival trait. And it's a survival trait that's left over from our ancestors, one that I would love for people to celebrate, but to recognize that that talking in your head is not you. It's actually the survival mind. And I call the survival mind the drunk monkey in your head. And you and I have been working diligently together for decades to overcome this thing in our head that makes fun of us, that judges other people, that that laments, I'm going to do this presentation and no one's going to like it. And what's wrong with me? And how come I'm not going to get what I want? It, It spends time. It keeps us up at night. It stresses us out. It gets us fretting. The game for people who really want to improve their performance is to quiet the mind so that they can focus on what really matters and not be distracted by all of these survival ideas. Do I look good? Do people like me? Do I fit in? Is my idea okay? Is it gonna work? All of these ideas, first of all, you don't know. None of it is actually knowable. And the last part of that is when you spend your time fretting, stressed, filled with anxiety or, or worry or concern, you're not actually able to focus on the things that really matter to you. Your mind is not your friend. It's not your trusted advisor. And if you listen to it like it is, it will actually diminish your creativity and it will decrease your performance. And that's pretty exciting because I suspect some of the people who are watching this with us right now are actually high performance individuals. And I'm going to say this to you directly. If you are a high performance individual and you get your mind to quiet down, you can see quantum leaps occur in your performance. Yeah. And I, you know, I endorse that you, you, you live that I live that with a quiet mind. I mean, I am experiencing quantum leaps 
all the time, which is amazing. And so, you know, Matthew, using your techniques, as you know, I've been able to quiet my mind. And as a result, I, of course, feel more peace of mind today than I ever have before. And I think that many people get the wrong idea about that. You know, I'm at peace on the inside. Yet, obviously, that doesn't mean that I'm just blissed out doing nothing. Anyone who follows me online knows I'm definitely not doing nothing. But I'm also not running around like a chicken with my head cut off. So I'm in, I'm in action, you know, creating my dream life. I'm, I'm not creating my dream life out of some fear that I'm not good enough. Or from the survival perspective that I just have to succeed in order to be important. You know, with your help through the years, I've worked to remove that survival mind motivation to think so that I can connect with my enlightened mind. Can you talk about this idea of removing the survival mind's motivation to think? Well, I want to start by acknowledging the progression that you've been on, I've been on, we've been on together in many ways. And there was a time in, in which both of us were committed to creating results, but we were committed to creating results because we thought it would improve our status it would improve uh, the way that people thought about us. We'd make more money. And then if we made more money, we could do more of the things that we wanted. And then when we did more things that we wanted, then we'd finally have the life that we wanted. And, and then everything would be okay. And um, like most people, you accomplish, you achieve. When I say like most people, I mean, I like the people that, that are intrigued, intrigued by this kind of conversation, right? You, you accomplish and you achieve and you get there and you realize this isn't it. That yeah. I thought that if I accomplish, achieve, and and become successful and become someone and become something, then I will finally have the life that I want. And of course, that doesn't actually pan out. In fact, many of my clients are in that pre-billionaire uh, and billionaire status. And they come to me because they're like, what the F? Yeah. I made it. And I'm not, I'm not at peace. I thought yeah. once I, ha I had, I was going to be at peace. But here's the thing. When your mind is in charge of your success, then you will use motivational strategies. And motivational strategies are essentially survival strategies. The survival mind is pushing you to avoid pain and pushing you to achieve some kind of objective that will improve your situation. And I'm not, I'm not poo-pooing improving your situation. I, I think that um, our viewer is an, is a natural self-optimizer. Totally. But our, our viewer is also someone who is becoming suspicious about this idea that success will give me the life that I want. It doesn't actually turn out. So I want to back up, right? How do we how do we remove the mind's motivation to think? Because over the years, you have transcended accomplishment so that you could prove you weren't good enough or prove that, that right. you are to prove good that enough. I wasn't, right? Yeah, to prove that I wasn't broken or damaged and, and to prove that I was good enough, that I was special. 
Exactly right. And and that's that takes work. And that really is what the mind does. The mind, uh, there was a Harvard study done by two psychologists, uh, Matthew Killingsworth and Dan Gilbert. And what they found, the conclusion of their study is that when you just let the mind do whatever it wants to do, it defaults to the negative. That a, a wandering mind is an unhappy mind. And this is really, really important for us to look at because what we have a tendency to do is believe what the mind is saying. And if you believe what the mind is saying, if you believe that the mind is you, then you will 100% of the time be in an uncomfortable, I'm not there yet, I'm someday I will get there, right? And you'll achieve and accomplish, and then you won't feel like you're there yet. Then you'll achieve and accomplish, and you won't feel like you're there yet. And then you'll achieve and accomplish, and you won't feel like you're there yet. And it'll, it'll create this desire to achieve, to fix something that isn't broken in the first place. And it actually diminishes your creativity, your power, your joy, your energy, your um, your free thinking, your your curiosity. Over time, uh, it becomes diminished because you're allowing the mind to run the show. So the game, really, how do you how do you remove the mind's motivation to think? You understand the difference between the mind and the observer. Those are two completely different things. The mind talks without your permission. You're the one observing it. But if you think that these are the same things, then it leads to a life of trying to accomplish, to get somewhere. And then, and then when you get there, you realize you're not there yet. And now you have to solve another problem to get somewhere else. And it's never ending and it's never ending because the illusion of brokenness and the illusion of, I have to fix something um, is exactly that. It's an illusion. Yeah. 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 That's a very powerful way to uh, look at things is that that aspect is an illusion. It's not the truth. And we know that a lot of people who are joining us right now, who are joining us at our event in a couple of uh, next Friday, um, may still be in that illusion. And like you said, becoming suspicious of that, becoming suspicious of that success is an answer to what um, they are hungry for. It's something else. Uh, so as I've learned to quiet my mind, you know, I've noticed that my creativity and my ability to really think rationally has just massively improved. And, you know, these days I don't really experience the fears that I used to. And I used to be, you know, so attached to the outcome obsessing, ruminating, you know, really concerned that I wouldn't produce the results that I wanted to produce. And today I'm free from those mental attachments. So can you talk to us a bit about releasing mental attachments and why that leads to a high performance mind? Really, really great. Let me just start by, let's back up, okay? Because there's there's a contextual framework that leads to peace. And peace really is the uh, freedom from attachment. And that framework is uh, some variation on this, that 
uh, enlightenment is the recognition that the source of life for you is the source of life for everyone and everything, and that we are all one thing expressing itself with infinite variety. And if, if you can embrace this idea, it's not a truth. We don't, there is no actual truth. In fact, the, we, all we have is agreement, but as you take on this idea, this context that we're all one thing expressing itself with infinite variety, it allows you to sort of step back and go, it doesn't matter. I don't matter. My projects don't matter. If I succeed, it doesn't matter. None of it actually matters. I am an expression of this background field of energy and information. We call it the quantum field. There are these uh, basic uh, particles that are self-assembling in that field and the self-assembling is what I am. And it's happening whether I want it to or not. There's an aspect of it that is consciousness. We've labeled it consciousness. And that's occurring whether I want it to or not. I don't matter. My projects don't matter. None of it matters. Instantaneously, whatever I want to matter can matter. I can now invest myself fully and completely into the things that inspire me because I'm not in a place where I think it's important to do what I'm doing. Now, this is completely contrary to the way that we were taught. We were taught from a survival perspective. The survival perspective says you must accomplish. You have to like, just do it. Take action. It's important. Put, find your value, find your purpose, invest in your, all of those things are phenomenal. They, they produce tremendous results. Everything that we have in our world came from this incredible survival perspective, but we are now at, uh, at the next stage in our evolution. And this next stage is the recognition that we are creating for the sake of creating. And that, in fact, we are what is being created. I am not, I am not assembling any of this. It's all occurring. I am not the person, I'm not directing. I love to believe that I'm directing all these things that are happening in my consciousness. But when I sit quietly with my eyes closed and observe, I realize, oh, it's happening automatically. So these mental attachments are exaggerated fears of losing imaginary benefits. And when you are able to see your attachments, I have to exceed, I uh, succeed, I have to achieve. If I don't, this will happen. If I don't want this negative bad thing, I want these really positive things. When I start to see all of that stuff happening and I'm able to observe it, I can then release my, my exaggerated fears about it. And when I do, it opens up all of this mental real estate that I didn't know was being robbed. I didn't realize that so much of my mental capital was being used by background processing that was saying, you have to do this. And if you don't do that, then this is going to happen. And if we don't get these things, if we have to make some more all these people, and what are we going to do? And, and we need to make sure that we get the kids. And we're, we're, I don't want to live under a bridge. We're, I don't want to want to be a troll, right? I mean, just, bleh, just going and going and going. Uh-huh. And this, these attachments create unnecessary stress and anxiety. And that 
100% reduces your creativity, your imagination. It reduces your ability to connect deeply with people. There's so many advantages that you gain when you quiet your mind and release the attachments created by the illusion that your survival is important. Say that last sentence again. When there you tremendous benefit yeah. in you releasing the attachments that your survival is important, that you matter, and that any of the things that you are doing are actually important. This idea of leaving a legacy is incredibly satisfying. But it is debilitating and creates stress when you think it matters. When you just allow the creativity and the inspiration and the juice of the idea to come through you, now you can take all the actions the same way. You're going to take the actions anyways, Mm -hmm. but you can take all the actions in a state of peace and flow and joy. It's really powerful. It is powerful. Now, what would you say to folks who are joining us now and they are perhaps confronted by what you're saying? That's not what they hear from other mentors, teachers, coaches, other bodies of work, if you will, that they are tuned into. So so that might be, you know, your work is different. It is unique. It is, you know, I, I, I call it next level. It is cutting edge. You know, you and I know that because you've been out on the cutting edge for years, blazing a trail for people like me to say, hey, what have you learned lately? Give me the shortcut. <laughs> so what would you say to people who may be a little confronted by what you're saying? If you're confronted by what I'm saying and you're still tuned in, then you are predisposed to something that I'm going to call the enlightened state. And the enlightened state is not a spiritual thing. It's not a religious thing. The enlightened state is an unbelievably rational place to be. It is dealing with today and with a very modern perspective. And the most modern perspective that you can adopt is that you are an expression of what is creating life. And we, from a scientific standpoint, have begun to determine that life is self-assembling. It is emerging from a field. And when you deal with life in this unbelievably rational and modern way, this enlightened way, you suddenly release all of the old survival motivational styles. Motivation essentially assumes that you're too dumb to do what you want to do. And you have to provide this hunk of meat, this dumb thing called a human being. You have to provide it with a motivation, a motive for action. You need to use a carrot, don't, don't, don't. And you need to put out this Oh, I got it backwards. You need to use a stick. You got to use a carrot out here. You know, got to get to that, right? Uh And so if you're attracted to this this conversation, it, it just tells you that you're ready to transcend the old ways. And the old ways are valid. They're effective. 
They work. We've proven it. We have a phenomenal life because of the old ways. And standing on the shoulders of those incredible innovators, those trailblazers, you and I, you and I have the opportunity to achieve in a state of profound peace versus the old way is achieve hoping it will give you peace. Yes. And I'm here to tell you, it don't work. It don't work. We've tried it. We, our clients have tried it. It don't work. Well, if you're in the St. Louis area, I would love for you to come and learn how to quiet your mind so that you can achieve a high performance mind. Matthew has mastered this ability. He's mastered the ability to get your mind to go quiet. And you will, maybe for the first time in your life, feel deep, profound peace of mind. Your inspiration will rise up. Your desire to create your dream life will be totally unleashed. Your fears will disappear and you will be in action, creating the life you've always imagined. Woohoo. Right? Yeah. So I'll put the link to our event here in the comments of this live video. It's all over my Facebook page as well. Come and join us for what will be one of the most unique experiences of your professional life. Join us on Friday, October 18th. I'm Erin Joy, founder and CEO of Black Dress Circle. Thank you, Matthew. Thank you all for being here. Thanks, everybody. Thank you.